Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Barely Allen's Comic Book Cove. Yet again, my name is Barely Allen, and I want to welcome you to the Cove. Now, thank you for all your patience if you listen to Heroes of Crisis 1 out of 2. Now, we're going to do the second part of Heroes in Crisis. And uh, from where we left off, um, we had Booster and a Blue Beetle who had just recently freed Booster Gold from the Justice League headquarters lockup? Prison? I don't know what you want to call that. But either way, we started with that, and Skeet's Booster Gold's personal robot was given to Booster, and yeah, we ended with the Solstice talking head. Then we come in on Batgirl, and she is giving... The uh, giving the once over to Skeet. She's making sure everything's on the up and up with this dude. And she brings him to this abandoned playground. And she's telling that, uh, she's telling Skeet she keeps her system here. All of a sudden, she hits a moment. She's like, I'm the system. And uh, I'm going to read verbatim here her conversation and Skeet's parts of the conversation. I'm the system. You're the system? Sure. I figure you have some secret way of tracking Booster. So, I'm going to ask you where he is, and you're going to tell me. Skeets goes, don't be absurd. I don't know where Booster is. Batgirl says, yeah, that's what you told Batman. She says, yeah, I told him, yes. He was very forceful. And he ran a number of scans on my system, and his back computer it is. I bet it is. But the thing about Batman is, he's so good. So no matter what he said or where he looked, you knew, however you denied it or hit it, you'd come out all right. I don't see how that has any relevance to... But I guess the question then is, am I good? Maybe. I don't know. I, I try to be. But I don't think she tries at all. And Q Harley just skeeter, skeeter, parking meter had a secret, tried to keep her. He told Girl Bat he'd never tell, so Harley sent him straight to hell. Uh, very fun artwork and makes it even more uh, fucked up the uh, nursery rhyme while they're on this abandoned playground together. Yeah, that's good stuff. But then Booster decides to enact his master plan and decides to take a rush on Barry Allen, the fastest man alive, such as him and Ted Cord, a.k.a. Blue Beetle, decided to do together. And his electronic shock ends up knocking out Barry Allen. And that's the end of that scene. That's his answer to WWBD, what would Batman do? We get our next talking head of the protector, and he even starts with, I'm against drugs. That's what I do. Don't take drugs. Or else. Wow, that was a really bad voice crack. I'm super excited to listen to that on playback. That's going to be fun. But then he fi you find out that he took a lot of drugs, like, and that's, you know, while he's pro telling everyone not to use drugs, that's what happens is he is using them harder than anyone else's. 
And then during this moment, there is a revelation that is made by, um, by Booster and by, um, Ted Cord. And he's saying, He's asking if he... Uh, Booster Gold is asking Blue Beetle if he sees it. He's like, bro, you see it? He's like, no, I don't see it. He's like, well, I know, I know everything there is to know about superheroes. So we had to learn in the future. I memorized their birthdays. I know about time travel and how to check bodies. He's like... And that's how they check them is off of your, bo is off of your body age. Make sure it matches up to the day that it actually is. So that's kind of what he's realizing as we're having this... Where Superman is letting the whole world know about Sanctuary, which they've already figured out about because it just happened that day. You know, everything was just given, given back, essentially. Um, but we are going to... I'm going to read through that because I think that his... His reading is so well. I absolutely love what he reads, or what he what he announces, because you feel the hurt of Superman. That's something that is done so well in all these books, is where you feel everybody's pain tenfold. Um, we have a statement prepared that we'd like to make. It won't be long. There was an incident at a facility in which a number of our people were killed. Brave men and women who dedicated their lives to service, who had done everything in their power, with their power, to help those in need. Those noble souls are now forever lost. Allow me to assure you we are using every means at our disposal to investigate this heinous act. Unfortunately, we have limited information as to who was responsible and why they have done what they have done. We have shared what we know with federal and local authorities. As has been reported, Harley Quinn and Booster Gold are wanted for questioning concerning this incident. We encourage anyone with knowledge about their whereabouts to immediately contact local law enforcement. Now, that being said, we would like to address some the concerns some have expressed with regard to the function of this facility. This is when Booster and Blue Beetle start having their breakthrough. And the talking is happening over it, so that's why I made sure to called out when we did a place we call sanctuary and why we have kept it out of the public's eye sanctuary is a place of respite a place where those who live their lives ensconced in violence may seek and find a moment's peace where those who have absorbed the lasting blows of that life of violence may seek to and find a moment to heal the question then arises naturally if we need peace if we need to heal if we need anything does that mean that we are broken are we somehow polluted? Are we somehow, because of what we have done, are we somehow now forever unworthy of your trust? If we acknowledge that those who fight are also vulnerable, are sometimes afraid, does that then mean that you who may not have fought are now vulnerable? Does that mean you, all of you, should always be afraid? We, I understand this dilemma, this fear your fear. And I hope today that I might clarify it. 
that you have accepted me, an alien, as your friend is the greatest joy of my life. And I have tried to continue to earn that friendship every day, every second. I have endeavored to be worthy of that highest honor, the label some have kindly, very kindly given me, that of hero. And I have seen time again, time and again, my colleagues, my super friends, these true heroes bearing the same marvelous burden, engaged in the same endless struggle. I have watched persons from every country, every background, rise with power to battle the worst evils, to shout in the face of ignorance and defeat that there shall be and defeat that there shall be another day of dignity for our world. There shall be another day of honor for our people. Battling through unimaginable torment, they have taken their place along the barrier that divides us from chaos and death. They have stared into certainty of annihilation, and they have smiled, and they have laughed, and they have said simply, calmly, confidently, though, my, though you break my body, I will stand. Though you silence my voice, I will speak. Through my bring of death, though, my, though you bring my death, I will live. This is my home. It is in my care. And though you seek its destruction, I am here. And today, today, by God, it will not fall. What you must know, what I know, what I must, what I most want you to understand, what you have to understand, is that they do this in full knowledge of the pain they will incur, the, the scars they will collect, the, the, the nightmares they will forever endure. So yes, sanctuary exists. It exists to help those heroes recover from this pain, to help them recognize themselves under these scars, to help them wake from these nightmares. But its existence, it should not scare you. On the contrary, it should comfort you. The suffering, this need for healing, it is not the mark of a madman. It is the wound of a warrior. It's a sign. A sign of their love of truth their hunger of justice, and their fight for the American way. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Ooh, man. I'm not even going to lie. There's a couple moments where I start to felt the, felt the pain while I was reading that. I've read this twice in anticipation of this shit. Ah, so good. I absolutely love his his talking over um, and all this other stuff kind of going on. We see a lot of side action, a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with our story that we're learning. And then we see certain things that drive this story, such as Harley and Batgirl arriving at Booster and Beetle and them having a fun little exchange and we have Harley not realizing what uh, idioms for killing people are. She's like, I won't murder him. Or she's like, I won't kill him, I'll just murder him. Oh no, I'm here to massacre you. Um, but then the big, uh, the big realization that we have right before they bust in on Booster and Beetle is that the Wally West that is there is five days too old. He does not match up to his birthday. Ooh, man. And we end with the talking head of Harley. 
and then she just talks about some some Joker abuse, and it it really rings true. You feel it very heavily. Oh boy, comments on these comics are just people being like, "Ooh, Harley's body, dude! Come on, man, it's a comic book. Don't kill it for me like that." And we open on issue number six. Issue number six of Heroes in Crisis. And our alternate photo for this one is Kid Flash running towards a disappearing Barry Allen. And this is another one where we start with three different talking heads. First panel in each line, second panel in each line, third panel in each line. Each are a different hero. So we are featuring Narc. We are featuring... Wally West, and we are featuring Harley Quinn. And if any, if the last issue was any indication, that means that there's going to be jumping around where it's going to be like this hero, this hero, this hero, this hero, this hero, this hero. Like the page is going to be for Narc, a page is going to be for Wally, and then a page for Harley, a page for Narc, a page for Wally, page for Harley. I do love that format, and it tells it so well. But for purposes of me telling the story to you this way. I'm going to just tell you what happens with Narc in all these pages, and then what happens with Wally in all these pages, and then what happens with Harley in all these pages. Narc sits out, and Narc is probably... Narc is the last Cro-Magnon. G-N-A-R-R-K. Um, he became frozen and is one of... He is one of, like, the most knowledgeable about everything he is so introspective and so philosophical and he's just sitting here on a on a fallen woolly mammoth in sanctuary just talking out thinking of poetry and literature that he's read and he's still even he's he's reflecting on other author authors while he takes down a saber-toothed tiger with a rock right by him. And... He talks about liking na nature and liking, liking life. And also figuring out the proper author for what he feels. Um, and he's just kind of debating to himself mostly what life is better. Is it the life of him forever ago, or is it the life now that he has woken up into? And Narc Narc uh, just kind of sees the good and the bad in everything, and ha is ready to leave his area. And says, and is ushered out by the emergency alarm going off. Then next we see is Wally. Wally is great because it opens with it opens with Wally and Barry right after Wally came out of the Speed Force, and he says, "This is this is the return of hope," and. You you know you have that moment where Wally looks at him and he's like oh, I I know it's it's 
it's wow, but Barry, where's my family? And everyone comes back and they talk to him about he, he's the return of hope. He is hope in, uh, like ensconced. He is fantastic. And it even shows him fighting with the Titans after they all came back. And he's like, how everyone's excited about me being hope. Everyone is. But how, how can I be hope without Linda, Jai, and Iris? Um, and he's just slowly kind of coming, not being able to come to terms with anything that's going on here. He's even laying in his bedroom in sanctuary and he's just worried that he's alone. He's worried that he's alone and even has sanctuary tell him, Wally, you're not alone. And then we see the emergency hit him and he says, wait, slow down. And then let's get on to the final person, and that is <clears throat> Harley. Harley uh, uh, busts in on Sanctuary and starts just realizing that she'd rather be spending time with Ivy, with the woman that she loves. And Ivy's like, all right, well, if you're so bored, let's make this better for you. And she's trying to take out her pain on Joker. And it doesn't work. And then they have this nice little wraparound where it's just the two of them holding hands. And they both have speech bubbles coming from. And it's serpentines across the whole page with their quick back and forth. Five words most said to each other at the time, you know. Very good. Um... And then they even try to make it more cathartic, and she tries to make it funny for her. <laughs> and the uh, the Joker that they end up calling in, and Ivy just ends up having fun with, which is all Harley needs. Harley's having so much fun, is saying very bad jokes like, uh, "What does a vegan zombie eat?" Grains. And they're sitting there on a pile of dead jokers, and it says, Emergency, please proceed to the exit. And uh, Harley's like, Should I go with you? And Davy's like, Nah, it's probably a drill. You want to get your ass busted. And they say that they love each other, and she leaves her. And Harley stays in while the emergency goes off. Then we see Nark holding the protector. The character is like, don't do drugs or else. But I did the most. And he tells Nark in his arms that he's scared. And Nark goes, no, don't be scared. We, Plato, say life being in cave, watching shadows on wall. Goal of life, leave cave, see what made shadow. Nark lived in cave, looking at shadows on wall. Then Nark, leave cave. Nark, see all world. Nark, think Plato, wrong. Goal, not leave cave. Goal, no cave there. World, there. And shadows, everywhere. But maybe Nark, overthink it. As he collapses... 
And then we go to Barry holding Roy again. And he goes, Roy, why? Why did it? The kids, I didn't want. I didn't want to be alone. And, uh. Then we see Wally die by a blast from Booster. And Harley walking up on him and seeing what's going on. And then we have nine more talking heads about how many people people have saved. And I think the two notable ones are Hotspot, who says, What? No. But some of them send me pictures. I got them on the piano. And Arsenal, who says, None of this, not one ounce, is about counting who you save. This, all of it, is about doing what you can. It's about getting off your couch. That's all. Just get the fuck off the couch. Mmm. I love... I love that reveal. And a lot of people have referred to that story and the Lagoon Boy story as filler. But I like how it affects everyone and seeing how seeing how much it affects them. I think that's just so worth it. And here we go on to issue number seven. What, what? We're cranking through these. And this one, we have no alternate. No alternate cover. Um, so now that I'm all thrown off because there's no alternate cover on that one, um, we have the flash planting this rose that he pulled or about well, Wally, I guess, but he's, he's called flash two in this essentially, um, planting the flower that was floating on Gotham river that he found and gives a little spark of life. And then we go back to what we left off on issue five with, with Harley attacking the fuck out of Booster. <laughs> and Batgirl's like covering her face and she's just like kind of embarrassed. She's like, uh, even Blue Beetle's like, Harley, we, and Batgirl just goes, oh, no. I told her like seven times. <laughs> I'm just saying this was not the plan. And it's funny, those two kind of sitting there going back and forth, because out of their team-ups, those two are the ones that have the more legitimate uh, more legitimate reasons to... They're, they're the more legitimate superheroes. So the other one's like, I swear to God, I told this goofy motherfucker seven times. <laughs> And even the, it's not usually like this. I usually work with like Batman or like Nightwing. <laughs> so it's, I like the two of them kind of sitting there relating. Uh, and we see a nice little talking head of Wally on his first day at Sanctuary. And he's just like, I'm open. I'm ready. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. And then... <laughs> We see Batman or Batman sitting in the Batcave and Flash tears up 
Barry Allen tears up on him and just says, He and his, my, Wally, Ted, that, I, what, you, here, just, these, what, what? And <laughs> Batman goes, Booster? Yeah, Booster. <laughs> <clears throat> and we have Harley and Booster <clears throat> going to town more on each other. doing their best to take each other out and they both reveal I saw you kill him I saw you kill him I saw you kill him and back to the peanut gallery sitting on the side just like oh my god can't believe this and then Batgirl even presses Ted Cord for information without him realizing and knocks out Ted Cord because Booster's shield is linked to that consciousness uh But, uh, yeah, no, I super, I, I love the way that it's written. And then even the artwork for this part, like there's a part where Booster's like, oh, she got the shield. No. And then you see Harley's crazy big eyes and you're like, oh my God. And it's still undercut with a little bit of humor. Like, didn't I just say no killing for the eighth time? Come on. And we have another Wally West talking head where he reveals that he made it through week one. He's like, and we, I feel like I'm doing it. I'm making it. He's trying to embody that hope that everyone says that he needs to have. Uh, you, you feel for him. And Batman just they're talking to himself, and you see flesh run up on him. It dips. And those two are already. Those two are just like searching everywhere they can for him. Batman's trying to go the time approach, and Flash is running everywhere and running back to Batman. Batman's like, "Dude, you could just use the Bat Radio." He's like, "Nah, I'm faster." And we have a very good emotional denouement with. Uh, Booster Gold, where he says he's just looking off at Harley, essentially, who's right above him, and is like, fine, fine, do it, just kill me, what am I worth, what have I ever done, I admit it, okay, alright, I did it, I fucking failed, I failed the future, I failed the past, I failed and failed and failed and failed, fuck it, fuck everyone, fuck everything, just fucking do it. I'm ready. And Harley has her battered mallet and she pull, picks up the jagged end of the stick and is saying her fucked up nursery rhyme and just shoves the stick in the ground right next to Booster. Just says, fuck! <laughs> fuck! And they have a nice little moment where they're both sitting there laying on each other. Like she's just laying down next to him where he's been laying on the ground. And... She's like, oh, the nursery rhymes. I think you're supposed to talk while you're superheroing. And that's the, that's the best I could do. And she's just like, I'm not very good at superheroing. He goes, yeah, me neither. A nice little... Um, like, the, they've been trying to take each other down this whole book because of what they saw the other one do. And they just kind of realize that they're together. 
And we have yet another Wally West talking head. And he's like, hey, I, you know, here's all the factual things that we learned. I had a family that I lost. He's just very hopeful. He's still trying to be that hope. And then he sparks the plant again. And out of that flower that they found comes a brand new ivy. So poor Wally has been dealing with some shit here. Then we have a... Um, we have the realization of Ted Cord, of Booster Gold, of Batgirl, and of Harley Quinn all together, where the body is five days older from that scene, but it is now five days since then, so... The uh, the realization of everyone doing that, then kind of talking about how they should bring it to real heroes like the Justice League, but it, it goes small, because if Wally's hurting, smaller is better. Too many people will freak out. And we have the official team-up of Blue and Gold and the Dynamicer duo, as, they, as Harley calls her in Batgirl, the Dynamicer duo. <laughs> And then at the end, we have Batman saying that all the alarms were just triggered. And you can only imagine that it's intentional. And Flash even sits there in front of Ivy and says, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you're going to see some shit before this is over. And I'm sorry that you're stuck with it now. And... Then we see a flash show up with a bunch of lightning still around him, and just looks all they 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 are very good mirror images of each other. But the lightning's there. And then we find we get one more talking head to close it out. A flash just kind of showing that he wasn't ready to put in the work and. He kind of breaks down a little bit in his talking head and just says, can't wait for week four. And we go on to issue number eight. And oh, now, now we have the alternate cover again. Alternate cover is the birth of Harley Quinn and we see her half in and half out of the vat of acid. And this whole issue is a talking head. So this is another one that we're going to read through because the whole thing is Wally's confession. And the artwork is pretty much him making everything happen that we've been kind of putting together ourselves with figuring out that he was five days too old. I'm going to read his confession throughout the thing because it holds true so well to how he feels and it's just written so well I could not do I would do an injustice if I didn't read this part word for word we see Wally West in front of a blood spattered sanctuary sign and he says my name is Wally West I'm the fastest man alive. This is my confession. 
I was there at Sanctuary. I'd been there for three weeks. Well, a little over three. I was there to recover. Maybe recover isn't the best word. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not great with words. I was there to stop hiding. I think that's better. Whatever the opposite of hiding is, I was there to do that. I had to look at myself. See why things had hit me hard. Use the chambers to help. Find the moments that consumed me, or maybe that I was ignoring, or both. And I was starting to get there, you know? I was reliving things. I was seeing things. Who I was. It was good. I was getting there, I think. But there was a problem. It's not anyone's fault. It's my fault. I know. My problem. I'm not blaming anyone. That's not what this is about. I swear. It's my problem. I was alone. And Sanctuary kept telling me I wasn't. That whatever I was going through, that a lot of others go through. And it's no big deal. It's every day. It's everyone. It's just your turn now. We're all heroes. We're all struggling. We're all in this together. All of that. But this is the stupid thing. And it's stupid. But it's the thing, so I have to tell you. I didn't believe it. I'm sorry. I know it's stupid. But that's what it was. I felt like... This can't, pain can't be in others or I'd know. I'd see it on them. Like they had to be seeing it on me. I don't know why it hit me that way. Maybe other people are like that. But it hit me. I was the crazy one. Everyone else was cool and I was messed up. I knew it. In my heart. As stupid as that is. I knew it. Everyone else was fine. Everyone else got better. And I was sick. I think maybe it was Linda. Not that I'm blaming her. It's my mistake. But I'm saying maybe it was about her. Her not being there. Her not remembering me or her life or our kids or what we had. We used to share everything. She was the only one I could talk to, you know. She made me feel like I wasn't... I wanted to tell her. And I couldn't. That's all. I was alone. I started. I had some thoughts. Stupid thoughts. I thought it must be fake. I thought the whole thing was a setup. All of Sanctuary was just for me. Some heroes said they'd gone through it. So what? They'd say that for me. They're heroes. They do what it takes to save people. That's their every day. Why is it anonymous? Why doesn't anyone know about it? Why are we hiding? Is it just for me? Is it all something someone set up because they knew what I'd lost? I was the symbol of hope. Everyone said that, and they had to keep that up. That was a facade. Maybe this was a facade. Maybe it all was all a facade. I kept telling them. I keep telling you. I was alone. I needed to see it. I needed to know it wasn't a lie. I wasn't sick. I was just sick like they were sick. Which maybe isn't sick at all. I begged Sanctuary to tell me, to show me someone else. You keep saying everyone's here. Where is everyone? But Sanctuary is anonymous. That's what it said. That's the main rule, so people aren't afraid. Every piece of every hero, of every piece of data on every hero is deleted, it said. All that data is cracked into billions of bits and scattered in a billion places, it said. It's a puzzle that'd take the average man a few billion years to put back together, it said. Then I said, right, and it'd take the fastest man alive a few seconds. I was weak for an instant. I decided in an instant. And in an instant, I was everywhere. Collecting every scrap of data, piecing it back together. And in an instant, I saw every confession, every hero, every accident, 
every horror, every tear, everyone. In an instant, I experienced the totality of a thousand heroes in crisis, and for an instant, I wasn't alone. It broke me. I was not... I went outside. I needed air, just to breathe. It was too much. I just wanted to be... Isn't it funny? I wanted to be alone. But I guess what I'd done had set off some sort of alarm. And then, heroes. The heroes who were there started to come out, responding to the alarm, like a fire drill in school. Finding me out there, waiting, and I wanted to be alone. They saw me suffering. They came toward me. They came to help me. That's all it was. There every day. That's when all the bad stuff started to happen. Here's the things that speedsters don't tell you. The speed force is a gift. The greatest gift. The greatest power. But it's also, and I'm not complaining, I'm just saying, it's a burden. Having that inside you, and I've had it since I was a kid, it takes control. Every second of every day, you're pushing back at something. You're making sure the world's most dangerous weapon stays put. That it stays inside you. Every day. Every second. And after that, after seeing all that hurt for the first time, that day, that second, I lost that control. And brief, brief stopping moment, because he's still got more that he says, but at this moment, we see Wally West with all these heroes around him, him on his knees, clutching his head, saying, no, and lightning has struck through every single hero that is out there. There is a bolt of light. There's all these bolts of lightning coming off of him, and they are passing through all these heroes. If they hadn't been there, if that alarm hadn't gone off, if I had just kept the control, I always kept the control. Since I was a kid, just a kid, and it was me and Barry, if... But I'm not saying... I'm not running from it. It happened. I did it. I went fast. I went inside. I was looking for something that might help. I had reprogrammed Sanctuary. I had control of it now. I checked it, and I saw them. They hadn't come out. For whatever reason, they were there. Then I started to think real fast. Started to understand what I could do. What I had to do with their help. With Booster Gold and Harley Quinn. As they were leaving, without them knowing it, moving so fast they didn't know, I put them back in the chamber. Then in a flash, I reprogrammed their VR so it looked like they hadn't left. They thought they were stepping out. They were just stepping back in. I had Sanctuary show them the bodies. I had Sanctuary showing me. I had Sanctuary show each of them, the other one killing me. Harley saw Booster shoot me. Booster saw Harley wreck me, leaving them to assume to know that the other one did it, had killed me and everyone else. Well, they were watching all that, or living that. I tried to borrow some of Booster's tech. He had a backup device, so when I tried to steal it, his shield went up. But I had speed, which meant I had time. So I disabled the shield. Then, using Booster's tech, I traveled five days into the future, and I found myself. And at this moment, we go back to Wally on Wally, with Ivy right next to him, and older Wally 
older Wally is the one who just brought Ivy back to the life. And older Wally says, there's a flower floating in Gotham River. A rose. Find it. Plant it. It's one more thing. And young Wally goes, is that it? He goes, yeah, I guess that's it. He says, okay. And he lines up to, to kill him. And Ivy is just shocked right next to him. I brought the body back to the past. Moving faster than you could imagine, I set up the other bodies. Set up the murders. Made it look like it could have been done by either Harley or Booster. I spent my life working with the greatest crime scene inspector of all time. I knew what clues to leave. I knew exactly what assumptions Barry would make. What assumptions he'd miss. And then Batman would make. I put the body next to Roy's. It seemed right. We were there, you know, at the start of things. I set Booster out first, after he'd seen the program, seen Harley kill everyone, after he watched a VR Harley run away. It was so fast he didn't notice he'd left the VR. He'd thought it all was real. He went off. He didn't want to stay. He was shaken up. I'd set Harley out second, after she'd seen Booster kill everyone, seen Booster run. She was shaken up too, but not enough she didn't see Booster's track. She followed him out. Then I did what I did to the sanctuary people, robots. Destroyed them, destroyed the sanctuary computer to hide my work in their system. Left that note up on the wall, the crazy note, about puddlers. Do you know what that is? Puddlers, I mean? I should explain it. Barry told me about puddlers. He likes that stuff. Science stuff. <laughs> the history of science. It was a flash fact. Puddlers scraped molten of scraped molten pig iron, taking out chunks of carbon. They removed the flaws, the weak points in the metal, turned it into malleable bar iron. But the thing about puddlers was they didn't live. The process of doing that, of removing their vulnerabilities, it was harsh and hot. Breathing that air, working that furnace, it made them sick killed them young, almost as if what was wrong with the iron went into them. It corrupted them. But all that bar iron, they built cities with it. They built a new world with it. The puddlers are dead, but the world is beautiful and strong. The bodies, Booster, Harley, their fight, the puddler, it worked. It, will, it all distracted everyone. Made everyone focus on the murders that weren't and the suspects that didn't. And meanwhile, despite what I'd done, I was free. See, it gave me time. It gave me five days. Five days from the moment I lost control. Five days until I'd come and kill myself. Five days. Five days. Five days for me to do something as good as what I'd done bad. Five days, Miss Lane, for me to finally tell the truth. <laughs> That one is written so well. I absolutely love his confession and the way that it's framed and everything. <sighs> Poor Wally. That's the hurt that comes with what he has done and what happened. This is definitely the burden that speedsters do carry, and it makes it... Ooh, written so well. Let's get through book number nine here. Um, we start with talking heads about everyone wondering what they are. You know, 
like Jason Blood, the demon who becomes Etrigan, says, I have an inner demon, but it's not the one you think. So those are like good stuff. Um, and we have all the Robins each time, which is fantastically written. I mean, here, uh, Red Robin's in this one, and he says, Dick's the funny, nice one. Jason's the rebellious, cool one. Damien's the cute, mean one. So I get it. I get it more than... I get it. But what the hell am I? And we have... Wally telling Wally what's going on. And then we have Blue and Gold and the Dynamicer duo busting in. Um, the Dynamicer duo and Blue and Gold bust in and crash into the scene. And then we got more talking heads. And Nightwings talking head is in this page of talking heads. He says, Jason is the cool rebellion one, rebellious one. Tim is the dark, smart one. Damien is the cute, dangerous one. Everyone knows. But what the hell am I? Um, and Blue and Gold and the Dynamicer duo talking about how they got to save Flash, got to stop Flash, kind of letting know hardly what's going on. And they see both the alive Flashes. And she sees... Ivy there. And Harley just starts tearing off towards her while Ivy's like, hey, don't be surprised. This is what happened. Um, and she's been regrown. And Harley grabs her at a big hug and says, pretty girl. Uh, and we got more talking heads. And a, a notable one to mention is Martian Manhunter who says, Underneath, everyone's screaming. And that's it. Um, Red Hood says, Dick's the funny, nice one. Tim's the smart, loyal one. Damien's the obnoxious little one. So what the hell am I? And Wally has a moment with Wally where older Wally is like, this is what you have to do and you have to do this um, because you're alone but I gotta tell you something kid, you're not alone mm. written so well <laughs> and it's funny, we have, <laughs> we have a moment where Ivy's like not really gathering everything that's going on, she's still like reforming all of herself like so should we arrest him he's they're the fastest man alive you can't arrest him I even think we're allowed to arrest people technically speaking don't worry I got a PhD that means I can arrest people pretty sure <laughs> Ivy just goes I could give them sweet potatoes do they want sweet potatoes <laughs> and even old Wally's like, do you see these people that are here with you? Like, these are all people that have that have dealt with pain as well and are dealing with their hurt in the only way that they know. And you can do it too. And we got more talking heads again. 
And then this one that's just fun, we have fire and ice. Fire says as long as I have ice. And ice says as long as I have fire. And then we have Damian Wayne Robin doing his talking head. And he says, I'm fine. Why? What'd they say? He's got the slightest little smirk on his mouth. Um, and we have Wally talking to Wally and kind of realizing what he needs to do and why he did it and coming to terms with it. Like, he didn't want to be alone and literally he's in front of himself saying, you're not alone. Look at, look at what I went through. He's like, I did this, and I've been dealing with it for five more days, so I've dealt with my penance and knowing that you're going to come fucking kill me. Mm -hmm. And then there's a moment where both the Wallys stop talking and they just kind of embrace each other. And we have the other heroes talking around side of them, and they're like, what do we do? Batman's tracking us. What's, what's going to happen? And... Even while he's like, but if I don't kill you, like, I, everything's going to go wrong. And the whole point is to not do what Barry did in Flashpoint. Because that's not what I need to fix my problems. And Booster Gold has this ingenious way to complete the, complete the loop. And he's like, let's go to the future. We'll make a clone. We'll make it five days old. And we or five days older than it's supposed to be for that time. And we'll kill him. And we'll put him in the in the scene so every, so the loop is completed. Because whereas the heroes have found out and that doesn't matter as much anymore, it matters so the timeline doesn't crash. And the, as they deliver, everyone moves on to living their life. And Wally West is locked up in isolation inside of Justice League headquarters or in Watchtower. And the end, we get to see a nice little a little narration by him and he goes they brought me back they said I was hope rebirth but I'd lost Linda my kids I'd lost my family they're gone I couldn't be what I thought they wanted me to be I thought I was gone too but hope isn't denying who you are or what you've been through what you lost hope is knowing what you carry with you how heavy is the load how easy it'd be to stay still, do do nothing, to yield the weight and to fall to the mud. And yet, despite that burden, or maybe because of it, you're still running. The end. Oh, oh this story is amazing. I just, I legitimately, while I was reading Superman's speech and while I was reading Wally's things, there's a couple times where I started to mist up a little bit because it is written very well and it doesn't matter how how recently I took it. It's like how recently I took in that scene or how many times recently I took in that scene. That emotion is still all over it and just especially reading it so and putting an inflection on it instead of just reading it in your head and just reading it like an actual conversation. Mm. Written so well. And, oh, fuck, man. I can't even I can't even put this up there with all my comic book storylines that I've read. It's so hard because there's so many good ones because 
every once in a while you get a story just like this one that comes through and changes everything that that is so unique and so different to stories told before. I mean, if you would have told me that there was a DC Comics murder mystery, I would have said the Joker did it. You would have said Joker's not in it, and I would have said the Joker did it. Because that's kind of how they deflect on things like that sometimes. That sounds more like a Joker-type thing, whereas it's not, and it's written fantastically. And there are two spinoff books to this uh, that started, and the spinoffs are Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, uh, follows Harley and Ivy dealing with the aftermath caused by Sanctuary Massacre while coming to terms with each other. Already finished. And same thing with Flash Forward. Um, follows Wally West attempting to find redemption while getting a second chance to become a hero. Mm. I am super excited for this. And next, I think what we'll talk about is another one of the crises because, oh man, are they good. And Heroes in Crisis, we might be able to knock all that out in one. That's seven issues. I mean, this would have been a really long issue, so I'm glad I stopped it and cut it in half. But this would have been a really long episode. But it's all about an elongated man. Is is a very, very good... Hero, uh, Identity Crisis is such a good story. So highly recommend reading that one if you don't want anything spoiled. Because... I'm, I'm going to spoil the fuck out of it. <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed going over Heroes in Crisis with me. Make sure to go follow Tom King. I think he's one of the few people still left at DC Comics currently. And, ooh, man, does he write good. He writes amazing. So check it out. If you want to do yourself a favor, check out this book still. Because the artwork is so beautiful, so gritty. And it fits with the, it, it, it fits really well with the story that it tells. And that's the way I'll say it. Cause I don't have a good way to say it otherwise. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for coming out. Hopefully, uh, this is making everything just a little bit easier to deal with hopefully i'm doing things that you guys want to hear if not if you get feedback if you want me to talk about this stuff a little differently let me know links are in the description for my facebook and my twitter and also for my 420 base show called a token guide to surviving the apocalypse which is on youtube only and on youtube you can oh god the wicked amount of dust um, on YouTube, you can subscribe, follow is the only place I do that podcast. So make sure to check it out. Also link in the description and until next time, folks, let's make sure that if we have any very big problems that we don't go to an all knowing robot house to try to get some help for us. Okay. And thank you very much folks. And until next time, my name is barely Allen and you have a fantastic apocalypse today. <laughs>